Good evening, everyone. My name is Pastor Gloria Boyce, and I want to welcome you all to the Billionaire Consciousness Expansion. We're going to have a wonderful Holy Ghost time in the Lord. Amen. This evening, we're talking about evening troubles. We are not cast down. That's the theme of this evening. The whole session this evening is not correcting or wrong, but you know how many times over the years you will find different preachers and people using different parts of the scripture, quoting them. They, they're quoting them and sometimes not fully understanding what it is they're saying or sometimes they're quoting these things as a form of discipline and sometimes they're quoting them as a, as a form of a curse. So this evening I want to touch on some of these scriptures because a lot of them, some of them we are finding in Ephesians. So this evening we're focusing on Ephesians and we're going to more or less define what it is um, Ephesians is saying, the intent of these words. Words like when we talk about the inner man, who is this inner man that he's talking about? And then Ephesians also talk about the endless creation. What does that mean, the endless creation? And then Ephesians talk about be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. So we could uh, define it. People say that all along. I'm strong in the Lord. What does that mean? And this this one you hear a lot. Wickedness in high places. They're going to knock down wickedness in high places. Like if wickedness is a, a building or an entity that they could just knock down. So we're going to define all of these and, and see all of these are in Ephesians. And if we have time, we're going to touch on the armor of God. because People like to use that one a lot, the armor of God. They're going to put on the armor of God. And we say, what, what is this armor of God that they're going to put on? And we're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. People like to quote all these things with not fully comprehending the, the deep meaning or, 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 or the, the solid meaning behind it. So, I want them to continue using these quotes, but when you say it, say it with the conviction that that is meant it to be. Say it with what? Say it with meaning. Say it with gusto. Say it as if you know exactly what you're talking about, and not just repeating someone's words or repeating something you hear or taking something literally. So this evening. We're going to touch on a lot of, not a lot of Ephesians, Ephesians 3 and 4 and 6. Those are the three we're going to touch on, some verses from that, and, and take some of these quotes and see if we could explain what is meant by the unity of life, because Ephesians talk about that in 4, 1 and 7. What, is, what does that mean? So the whole session, we're going to start off, uh, identifying that even in trouble we are not cast down so you're never cast down even in trouble you're never cast down that's a fact and I want that to resonate with you so when things happen you don't feel bad and start beating up on yourself because even in trouble you're not cast down so let's we're going to get that out of the way and then we're going to start to focus on some of these scenes that people use as a quote a lot with not um, fully comprehending 
the extent of their words. So let's see if we could define some of them and, and explain them and let them mix so they will make more sense to us. We're looking for five readers. The first is Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. The second is Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. The third is Ephesians 4, 1 to 7. The fourth is Ephesians 4, 23 to 24. And the fifth is Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. I want to bring your attention to this e- the letter that Pastor Boy sent out today because it speaks to this evening message. Evening troubles we are not cast out. And 2 Corinthians verse 4, 8 to 9 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not dis- distressed. We are perplexed, but not disturbed. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. He said, even in our troubles, we are not cast down. And though we appear to be deserted, we are not destroyed. All our experience are working to the end that we learn the lesson of life and return to the Father's house, house as free souls. We should not despise apparent failures, the temporary, the temporary chagrins of life, for they are solitary, leading the soul into the inner Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. When the experience is complete, the lesson will be learned and we shall enter the paradise of contentment. We do not look at the things which are seen as being eternal. Behind the visible and changeable is the changeless reality, the eternal one, working in time and space for the expression of itself. The divine ideas stand back of all human thought, seeking admittance through the doorway of the mind. If we look at love long enough, we shall become lovely. For this is the way of love. God is love. If we gaze longingly at joy, it will make its home with us and we shall enter its portals and be happy. What you focus on, you become. Amen. So that's today's letter. Now we start with Ephesians number 3, verses 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep in the love is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Amen, amen, amen. Next, readers. 
Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. To God we give the glory. Next reader. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that he walk worthy of the vocation wherewith he are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as he are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. The word of the Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. Next reader. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The word of the Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. Next reader. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wills of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word of the Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. As we go through this, these Sunday sessions, every Sunday, don't count on yourself to understand every single thing that I say or to have everything that I say make some kind of sense to you. It may not. Some you grasp, some you wouldn't grasp. The key thing is to just get one point. Get one point and one point that makes sense to you. But I want to promise you this. As you keep at it, even though you're not grasping anything, one day you're going to wake up. And this will all make perfect sense to you. Just like if your eyes open and you, you see... Oh my God, why was I finding this so difficult in the first place? Because this is, this is, it becomes like child's play to you. I promise you that. I, I know for a fact that that is what's going to happen to every single one of you. So don't beat up on yourself. If you're not grasping everything, just keep on it. And one day, it's just going to be like child's play to you. I guarantee that, that that is going to happen to each and every single one of you. And as you read 
God's word, as you read the scripture, as you read the Bible, passage that wasn't making sense to you will start to make sense. An illumination will come upon you that you wonder where you get all this intelligence from. But it's just going to happen just like just like I tell you. So just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. I know that this light one day will shine upon you and not only what I'm telling you will make more sense, but as you read other scriptures, the light will open up. More difficult books. The book of Revelation that used to give you so much trouble because you don't understand it. You don't understand all the symbolism. You find, oh, it will start making sense to you. So be patient with yourself and be patient with everyone else. Amen. God bless you. All right, let's let's get started. Now, <laughs> Ephesians 3 and 16 started off with talking about the inner man. So let's start there. Remember this evening, our mission here this evening is to explain a lot of the quotes that people use from the Bible that doesn't Sometimes they misquote them, but let's see if we could put some meaning behind these words. So when we use them, we'll be using them more purposefully. All right, so Ephesians 3 and 16 start talking about the inner man. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's what the word of God said. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The inner man is Christ. And Christ is the Son of God. The inner man is revealed by what he does. As we do not see God, so we do not see the real man. We never see the cause. Only effect. But effects loudly affirm the nature of his cause. Remember when Jesus was talking to some of his disciples and they asking them about uh, their heavenly father and Jesus says, if you know me, you know the father and you know me by the works that I have done. You know the father by the works that I have done. The Spirit of God dwells in the inner man with power and might. The outer man reflects the Spirit insofar as the intellect allows it to come forth into expression. Hear me somebody. The Spirit of God dwells in the inner man with power and might. That's what the scripture tells us. The outer man reflects the spirit insofar as the intellect allows it to come forth into expression. When Christ dwells in us in love, which is unity, we are able to understand the things that the saints have understood. Saints simply means an unusually wise and good person. All saints have been human beings, just as we are. For God makes all people alike. 
the universe plays no favorites. To be filled with the fullness of God is to manifest our true nature, which is Christ, the Son of God, the power that worketh in us. This power is the power of God. And if we admitted no other, we should ever be satisfied, happy, prosperous, well, and complete. But you have to admit no other. So to be filled with the fullness of God is to manifest our true nature. Because you know him by your works. You know him by your manifestation. Which is Christ. The son of God. The power that worketh in us. This power. Is the power of God. And if we admit no other. We should ever be satisfied. Happy. Prosperous. Well and complete. Now. Ephesians went on to say world without end we see that coming down to about verse 2021 world without end this and we say it all the time in our prayers world without end amen this refers to the endless creation of the almighty the endless creation of the almighty particular worlds will always begin and end and kings will come and queens will come and they'll come and they'll go but creation itself the necessity of God's manifesting himself in time and in space will never end if creation could end then God would end and this is unthinkable it follows that world without end or worlds without end are necessary to the expression of spirit, to the expression of God. Now, the unity of the spirit is kept through the bounds of peace, B-O-N-D-S. The unity of the spirit is kept through the bonds of peace. Other than peace suggests confusion and separation. So the unity of the spirit is kept through the bonds of peace. Other than peace suggests confusion and separation. The spirit is a perfect unit. And we harmonize with this unity when we maintain a state of peace in our minds. You cannot be fretting and be one with your father. You cannot be carrying on and holding grudges and be one with your father. The spirit is a perfect unit and we harmonize with this unity when we maintain a state of peace in our minds remember peace is a gift that God's gift to us there is one body 
and one spirit. One body and one spirit. The entire creation is this body, the body of God, who is one spirit. Within this one body are all bodies. That is, within this one creation, which is the product of the one spirit, are all bodies. We are all making the image and likeness of God. We have learned that all material forms come from one ultimate substance. Any special body is some manifestation of this original stuff. Hear me somebody. One source. One source has come from a house, a car, a hospital, your clothing. It comes from one source. Any special body is some manifestation of this original stuff. The original substance takes many forms, multiplying many times, many within the unity or the one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, who is the indwelling Christ. Generic man or the universal son, however you want to call him, the indwelling Christ. There is but one faith, for faith is an affirmative mental attitude towards the universe and one baptism, which is the realization that we are the one spirit. No one on the face of this earth could live without faith. It is impossible to live without faith. Now, many of us think that that faith is identified only with Christianity or with religion. No. You must have faith in yourself. You must have faith in your fellow man. You must have faith in God. No one. You must have faith that when you get up in the morning, you will open your eyes. You must have faith that the sun will come up. No one can live without faith. There is but one faith. For faith is an affirmative mental attitude towards the universe. An affirmative mental attitude. And one baptism, which is the realization that we are in the one spirit. Let me tell you a little secret. Any one of you on this line could baptize a child. You hear me? Any one of you could baptize anybody. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be ordained or anything like that. Any one of you could baptize another fellow, uh, uh, somebody else. could baptize a baby. No. Religion has certain rituals and so on. But I am telling you, I, Pastor Gloria Boy, is telling you that any one of you could baptize another person. Understand this. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord who is the indwelling Christ. Or you could say it's genetic, gen, generic man or the universal son. There's but one faith, one faith. 
For faith is an affirmation, an affirmative mental attitude towards the universe. And one baptism, which is the realization that we are in the one spirit, one God and Father of all. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. He's in every one of us. It would be impossible to make a clearer statement of truth. One life behind all that lives. One life behind all that lives. One, one, never two, one. The unity of all life. To learn this is to know a secret of the ages. Here's the saying. God is in all, through all and above all, which means that we partake of the one life. It is all of us, but we are not all of this life. No man can exhaust the divine nature, but all live by, in, and through it. It is in us, but also above us. It is in us, but also below us. It is in us, but also around us. It is what we are, but infinitely more than we are. We shall never, ever ascend into greater expression of this one, of this one. You cannot excel, ascend into any greater expression than this one. This indwelling Christ, this one. But we can never completely encompass it. This is a glorious concept. And one which fills us with wonder at the majesty of our own being forever we forever hide with Christ in God he's, he's always hiding us, shielding us protecting us now Ephesians go on to tell us that we are told to renew our mind we are told to be renewed in mind by the spirit and to put on the new man which is created in true holiness. The mind is the creative factor within us. And when the mind takes its pattern after the spirit, it automatically renews the outer man after true holiness or wholeness. Whatever the mind holds to and firmly believes in, forms new pattern of thought within its creative mold. As whatever thought is held in the mind tends to take outward form in new creations. You hear me? This is the secret and the whole secret of the creative law of mind. 
whatever the mind holds to and firmly believes in forms a new pattern of thought within its creative mold. As whatever thought is held in the mind tends to take outward form in new creations. This is the secret. And the whole secret of the creative law of mind. Now, Ephesians go on to tell us, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To be strong in the Lord is to be sure of ourselves. Come on, somebody. To be strong in the Lord is to be sure of ourselves because we are sure of the principle of life which manifests itself through us. We wrestle not against outward things, but against inward ideas and beliefs. The power of darkness is the power of false belief and superstition. My word, superstition is killing us. And we still holding on to it even though we know it and making no sense. Even though there's no scripture to support it. And there is no doctrine. There's, it's not buried in truth. We still hold on to this stupid superstition that we pick up all along the way. We wrestle not against outward things, but against inward ideas and beliefs. The power of darkness is the power of false belief and superstition. If a man can change his inner concept, his whole life will be changed. All cause is from within. And all effect is forever without. The effects are what you see outside of you. Now, wickedness in high places means an inverted use of the law of righteousness. The misuse of the powers of the mind. The mental law is neutral. It's plastic, receptive, and creative. There's a right and a wrong use of the law. Just as there's a right and there's a wrong use of any law. Use it wrong, you get the wrong results. Use it right, you get the right results. Simple. Now, Ephesians also went on to talk about the armor of God. People love to say, I love to hear these people to talk about putting on the breastplate and putting on the armor of God and all of this. But let's see if we could understand what all of that means. What, a, what a, if that means. The armor of God is faith in the good. In the good. The armor of God is faith in the good, the enduring, and the true. Against such there is no law. That is, against truth, nothing can stand. Truth is truth. The armor of God suggests protection to those who believe in and trust the law of good. The law of good 
feed your mind with good and good come back to you. When you do that, you're putting on the armor of God. Think think joy, think harmony, think peace. Think these things and these things will come back to you. You're putting on the armor of God. The armor of God is faith in the good. With this armor, knit together by that thread of unity, running through all, strong with the strength of the Almighty. It it it, it banished with clear vision and truth. You are safe. If you live your life like that, you are safe. Let, let, let me let me ask you a question. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Okay. So you're driving a car. You're driving a motor car. You're driving your car. And you see a police car coming. Will you start to panic? I'm sure a lot of you will start to panic. But why would you panic? If you're driving the speed limit, if you're driving properly, why would you panic if you're doing what is right? Remember, First Timothy, Pastor Boyce dealt with it in this week. It says, First Timothy says, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say. All right, all of us, desiring to be teachers of the law, and then understanding, we're not fully understanding what they say, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good. If a man use it lawfully, we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. So if you obey the law and think in good thoughts and do the right thing, you don't have to worry. Because the law is good when you use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly and the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers. You hear me? Manslaughters. That's what First Timothy 1, 7-9 is saying. He's saying, you don't have to worry about the law. The law ain't made for you once you're doing the right thing. The law is made for the lawless and the disobedient because whatever they sow you are punished not for your sins but you're punished by them whatever you whatever you you you, you sow it will come back to you so when you put on the breastplate of righteousness because the armor of God is faith in good so if you put it on that armor of God then you're walking in faith in good that means you ain't thinking bad thoughts and being manipulated but you're being constructive in your thinking so when you put on the, the breastplate of righteousness it covers and gives sanctuary 
to the heart of hearts, the innermost soul of the man, of the of, of mankind. The breastplates protect you because you are fit in good. The feet shod with the gospel of peace can travel and not become weary. With Solomon, we are happy when we find wisdom. For her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. And we take also the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The positive thought of truth is a shield against which nothing unlike itself can stand. We learn that no thought of negation can enter a mind already filled with peace and faith. It cannot stand. Now I want you to sing and fret at the same time. It's impossible. You can't fret and sing at the same time. If you're fretting, you're fretting. If you're singing, you're singing. The suggestion of limitations, fear, and doubt cannot find entrance to that mental home where God is enthroned as the supreme guest. And the sword of the Spirit is the, is the word of truth. This has also been called a two-edged sword. Cleaving falls from the truth. Cutting it its way across the path of confusion. Uprooting the thistles. Clearing the path for truth and beauty to flourish in the home of the soul. The word of God is... Is not a battle hymn of righteousness, but of praise, a psalm of beauty, a song of joy. If God be for us, who can be against us? Alright, I'll stop there. I hope you get something from this. I hope it was helpful. Amen. As I said. Just keep up with this, and one day you will see what will happen to you. Boom. Illumination. It will just creep up upon you when you least expect it. God bless you so.